Welcome to the Grace Point Church Podcast. Here at GPC, we want you to know God, love people, and live sent. From wherever you're listening, we hope you're encouraged by this week's message. If you want to learn more about Grace Point, head over to gracepointchurch.net. And now, this week's message. Well, I have it. I, I have the gift that keeps on giving. And I'm not talking about the Jelly of the Month Club, Clark. Uh, this is the gift that everybody's dreading and doesn't, does not want. It's the Rona. I have Corona and, uh, listen, I, I don't know where I got it. Uh, just spent an anniversary, incredible week with my wife away and was tested on Sunday before coming back. All free and clear. Got on the plane, come home. Couple days into being back, I had this head cold, thought I'd get tested and Boom. Yes, I've got it. I've been vaxxed three times with a booster in there. It's, it's, it's incredible. I, nobody understands this COVID-19, right? It's, I want to pray for our medical professionals. I want to pray for our scientists. I want to pray for our leaders in government that are making big, bold decisions that are tough, that are obviously for many people not popular. But I thankful to God that I am vaccinated because I have to believe I would be much worse today without it. So I'm an advocate for it. You listen to your doctor. You listen to the voice of God in you. But I'm going to say I'm glad I'm vaccinated. I encourage you to explore it with a scientist and the doctors and consider that. I hope I didn't turn anybody off with that. But yes, I'm here. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I just have to accept it. I don't understand a lot of things about life. But I have to accept certain things. There's a lot of things about life that we don't understand, can't explain. Electricity is one of those. I I don't understand electricity, but I'm not going to live in the dark. So uh, I, I, there's some things in life that I don't understand that I just have to accept. COVID-19 being one of those, electricity being one of those. At the same time, I don't understand God. I just accept it. There's, I just accept him. I just accept the reality that there is God. Now, I realize in our cancel culture, in a world that we live in, there's a lot of people who want to cancel God because they don't understand him. I get it because we are so much fact and science driven that sometimes it is so hard to understand. And there's certain things about God that I don't fully understand, but I just accept him because of, of the word, because of the truth that I've experienced in my life because of other great people in my life and the testimonies of what God has done in their life. I, I just have to accept it and, and move on. And one of those, one of those qualities about God that I have a hard time understanding is the omnipresence of God, the omnipresence of God. The fact that God can be all places at all times. And there was never a time or there was never a place that, that God did not exist. That God was not. Uh, in fact, when you think about it in time, God has always been. In Genesis chapter 1, and we studied that extensively last uh, last year, in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, before the earth took on shape, before creation of humanity was, was in place, when the earth was formless and void, at the same time, the Spirit of God, it says in Genesis 1, 2, hovered over the face of the earth. There's not a time... That the spirit of God did not exist. There's not a time that Jesus did not exist. In John chapter 1 verse 1, it even says that Jesus was in the beginning. So God has always been throughout time. 
But not only the omnipresence of God says that he's always been throughout time, but it also means that he is in all places at all time. So God can literally be multiple places, all places at any given time. This is what the psalmist said in Psalm 139, verse 11 and 10. Where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, that's the place of the dead or the graveyards. Or hell sometimes in scripture. You are even there. If I take on the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea. Uttermost parts of the sea. I just spent a week diving in the depths of the sea and I didn't even go more than a hundred feet below the surface of the earth. And yet God is there and I experienced him. I have to say that and I'll just leave that there in, in, in incredible ways in the depths of the sea. And even there, your hand shall lead me. Your right hand shall hold me. The omnipresence of God. The fact that God is all places, in all time, throughout time, and throughout place and space, that's an incredible concept. I don't fully understand it, but I accept it. When you're talking about God as a whole, there's so much about God that we just don't understand. My, my prayer, my heart's desire in this series of messages unleashed is that you would see, that you would sense and that you would release that the work of God that he wants to do inside of you with the spirit of God inside of you dwelling inside of you that I, that you would see and that you would sense and that you would release that the spirit of God that wants to work in your life in incredible ways. Job in the earliest book written, Old Testament scholars believe was the book of Job. He said this about the spirit of God. He said, the spirit of God has made me. The breath of the Almighty gives me life. Job realized that it was the Spirit of God in creation. It was the Spirit of God that gives him life to breathe and air to breathe. Paul, when he was in, in, in Athens at the Mars Hill, and he's talking to the, the Areopagus, and he's talking to the leaders and, and so forth, he's really trying to give testimony to who the Spirit of God is in him. Who Jesus, who the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, who is that? And this is what he said. He said, in him we live and we move and we have our being. Everything about Paul was to say this. I believe I exist. I believe I move. I believe that I live another day. I believe that I, that I go to bed at night because the Spirit of God is inside of me. So as you heard last week in a great message by Brett, uh, Romans 8, 11 is one of his favorite verses. And if you didn't, if you missed last week's message, please go back, do yourself a favor, go back and, and listen to it on YouTube or Facebook. But here, here's what it says in Romans 8, 11. It says, the, the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. The same power, the same spirit that can bring dead Jesus to alive Jesus is the same spirit that lives inside of you. So again, the goal in this series is that you would sense and see and release the spirit of God that is wanting to work inside of you. 
that is wanting to transform you, that you would live and move and have your being all tied up in spirit, in the spirit of God. Because I, I believe this, and this is a bold statement, but I'm, I really have thought long and hard about it, that I think that the spirit of God has the greatest work in your life of all the Godhead from the point of your salvation forward. Life principle for you is the Holy Spirit is sent to work in us, on us, and through us. The Holy Spirit is to work in us, on us, and through us. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, he who began, who began, who began the good work in you? We talked about that just a couple of weeks ago. Who starts the work in us? The Holy Spirit of God. In Ephesians chapter, uh, excuse me, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, read it for yourself. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So the work that Jesus, that the Holy Spirit was wanting to do in all of us, it's not going to be done until we go to be with Jesus, but he is going to continue to work in us and on us and, and through us. And so take your Bibles, look at the book of Galatians. I know we, we said we're going to be there throughout this series. And most people come to the book of Galatians and they really kind of see it as this doctrinal statement about justification by faith or that your salvation is by faith. And it's totally true. I believe that Galatians was the first book written in the New Testament. I believe it was written before the Jerusalem Council that's mentioned in Acts 15. I believe Paul is ramping up for that Jerusalem Council, and he writes them to tell them, no, 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 justification is by faith, not through religion, not through not through Judaism, not through justification by faith and faith alone. In the first two chapters, that's really what he lays the foundation on. But from chapter 3 to 4 to 5 to 6, do you know who the number one agent that is mentioned? The number one person in the Godhead is mentioned 17 different times from chapter 3 to chapter 6. 17 different times the Holy Spirit is mentioned. Not Jesus, not God the Father. See, the, the work that began in us is, is the Holy Spirit calling us to Jesus. And the work that, that, that began in us through the Holy Spirit is the work of Jesus constantly taking our life and making it more beautiful and more awesome and more like the Father. So it's important that we see the work of the Holy Spirit. And there's no way I can, in this series, cover everything about the Holy Spirit. We have a YouTube, YouTube, a version app uh, that we're using that has a 30-day Bible study. You can feel free to jump into that if you're interested in that. Just text in GPC Unleash uh, to 97000 and that'll get you into um, the the Bible study 30 days. We're, we're going through it. Over 100 people are in it right now and you can just do it on your own, but you can learn a lot more about the Holy Spirit. But I want to give you three works of the Holy Spirit and three manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Three works, three manifestations of how you see the Holy Spirit working in us. Again, just laying more of that foundation for us. One is the Bible speaks of multiple times being baptized by the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist mentions it a lot. Uh, I baptize you with, with this, but with water, but in days to come, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, and even in Acts chapter 1 and chapter 11, it talks about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. That is a one-time baptism, and it happens, it's manifested in your life when God's Spirit gives you the assurance that you are a child of God. 
Now, there's some other denominations that have taken that baptism of the Holy Spirit and call it the second blessing and things like that. I don't go there. I don't have any biblical references for that. It is happens at the point of your salvation and the Spirit baptizes, immerses himself into our life, integrates himself, infiltrates our life, and then he gives us the assurance, according to Romans chapter 8, verse 16, that we're children of God. It's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's the first work. The second work is the anointing of the Holy Spirit, where God anoints us to serve him, to serve others in our community, to serve others in our church. So literally the work of the Holy Spirit is when you take on a ministry role in our church, in our preschool, in our student ministry, at the front door welcoming people, as as, as you take on that, you are literally letting the Holy Spirit work through you. Don't miss that blessing. And you do that as you manifest the gifts of the Spirit. So you see that, first of all, we're baptized, and that gives us assurance. The Spirit gives us assurance. Secondly, is that that we're anointed for a ministry, for a task, for what God calls us to. And that is expressed in the gifts of the Spirit. This series is not doing dealing with any of those. That's so much about the Holy Spirit that we're not dealing with. The next one is what we're dealing with, and that's to be filled by the Holy Spirit. And that's a day-to-day, everyday occurrence. I am daily being filled by the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 5 talks about that. How does the Spirit manifest himself by my being filled? Is by the fruit of the Spirit coming out of me. Galatians chapter 5 is where we're at today. Verse 22. See, the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit work hand together, hand in hand together. There's a symbiotic relationship between the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. The, the, the fruit of the Spirit is the mark of a mature Christian. The gifts of the Spirit are the mark of a leader being used of God. God wants the balance. Robert Clinton said in his classic book on the making of a leader. But Jesus talked about this fruit That's what we're going to focus on in this series is the fruit of the Spirit because he talks about bearing fruit. Here's where Jesus talks about it in the Gospel of John chapter 15. He says, I am the true vine, my Father's the vine dresser. Every branch that is in me that does not bear fruit. Every time I come across that text, every time you see bear fruit, I want you in the room or online, I want you to say bear fruit with me, okay? And he takes away every branch that does not, say it with me, say it in the room, bear fruit, He prunes that it may bear more fruit. Okay, literally, the Spirit of God is in us to increase the fruit of God, the fruit of His Spirit coming out of us. So just imagine for a moment that you're not stagnant, that you're not stale, that you're not flat, that literally God is wanting to produce and continue to grow more and more of this fruit inside of us. And out of us, that's so important. When you think about Grace Point Church, we say a phrase around here among our pastors a lot, that we exist to help people. Know God, love people, live sent. But really when you break that down, that's the great commandment, the great commission. And we say we want to make more and better disciples. We want to make more and better disciples. A part of the fruit coming out of us is more and more of that fruit coming out of us. So let me invite you. Here, here's just a quick commercial break. If you're not a part of our church family in an official way, next Saturday morning, in a three-hour intensive, we're going to have what's called the first step experience, and I want to invite you to be a part of that. 
We had to kind of put it on hold this, this, the, just yesterday because of the, the, the coronavirus that infected me, infected some other staff members. We kicked it out one week. If you're interested in being part, please sign up today. You can go on our app. You can, you can sign up on one of our, our cards and see pocket in front of you. However, let us know. We want to, to be on the, uh, 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 we want to, we want to talk about what it means to be a part of a church that is about making more and better disciples. And a part of being a better disciple is seeing more and more of the fruit of the Spirit come out of us. And then he goes on and he says, abide in me and I in you. And the branch cannot, say it with me, bear fruit by itself. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. More and better disciples bearing more fruit is what we're called to. And to prove that I, to be my disciples, I chose you and appointed you that you should go and say it one more time, bear fruit. God calls us to bear fruit. What is this fruit? Well, this fruit is mentioned in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and twenty. Three And so I want us to just look at that uh, real quickly because we're going to break this down. Over the next five weeks, we're going to look at these, this fruit of the Spirit and how it lives out. It says in, in uh, verse 22, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is, here spells it out, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such there is no law. Um, love, joy, peace, patience. Kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness. All of this is the fruit of the Spirit, self-control. It's fruit of the Spirit. And I don't know anybody who has all the love that they need. I need more love. I need more joy. Is anybody in this room who want to confess that they have all the patience they possibly need? No. I don't think anybody has all the patience. But God's spirit is wanting to unleash himself inside of us so that that fruit naturally comes out of us. So I want to mention just two of them real quickly this week just to get you thinking in in, in the light of what, what it means for the fruit of the spirit to come out of us. One of those manifestations of the spirit of God is love. And not just any kind of love. I want to call it extreme love. Natural love is easy love. You love your dog, your dog loves you. You, you love pizza, pizza, well, maybe pizza doesn't love you. But, uh, but you, you love things real naturally. You see somebody, you fall in love with them, you fall out of love with them sometimes. In fact, when couples come to me and they talk about, well, we were in love and we've kind of fallen out of love, that tells me one thing. They are talking about a natural kind of love. The natural kind of love is a dime a dozen. That's not the kind of love that, that the fruit of the Spirit manifest itself. The kind of love that the fruit of the Spirit is an extreme kind of love. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, an awesome kind of love. It's a, it's a, it's an inexpressible kind of love. It's a supernatural kind of love. It's not natural. It's supernatural. So when the Spirit of God comes in us, and my friends, the Bible makes it very clear. He gives us nine different fruit of the Spirit, all rolled up as one fruit. They all fit together. They all go together. We'll talk about that more in the weeks ahead. But these nine all fit together as one fruit of the Spirit, but he always leads with love. 
And I think there's strategy in that. I think there's importance in that. Because in the Christian faith, in our relationship with Jesus, in our relationship with with humanity, the difference that our faith makes is it's a love faith. It's an extreme love faith. In fact, Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that if you speak with the language of angels uh, uh, and, and, and do not love others, uh, you're just a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. If you have the gift of prophecy and if you understand all of God's secret plans that have possessed all knowledge, and you, and you have the faith to move mountains, and, but you don't have love, you have nothing. Nothing. Love is the bedrock of our faith. Love is what comes out. It ought to be the very first thing that people experience when they experience us is the incredible amount of love. In fact, it's so important that it's the number one command. To love one another is the number one command given repeatedly in the New Testament. Loving one another. Jesus mentions it. It says, number one, one another that he mentions again and again. Uh, Peter, the apostle, mentions it. John uh, mentions it. Paul mentions it. All of the writers just about of the New Testament mention that we are to love one another. In fact, John said it like this in 1 John chapter 3. This is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that you love one another. It is the bedrock. In fact, Jesus said, people are going to know you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Love is the bedrock, fruit, expression, manifestation of the Spirit inside of us. Now, because we're not talking about natural love, we're talking about supernatural love. Natural love everyone has, and supernatural love, that's a spiritual thing. Um, what does that look like? What does that feel like? What does that smell like? What's that taste like? Uh, it's extreme love. It's extreme it's extreme because it's limitless. Jesus said you love your enemies as you love yourself. You, know, you, you love your enemies and you pray for those who persecute you. That literally love our enemies? What does that mean? When Jesus was dying on the cross, you know what he said? One of the things he said of the seven statements he said, he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's a beautiful expression of love. Whenever you can look at your offenders, when you can look at your betrayers, he just spent 33 years with, with 12 dudes and poured his life into them, and they're off denying him within minutes and hours of one another, betraying him, cashing him in, selling him over to the religion. I mean, it's, it's a betrayal of, on top of it. Have you ever been betrayed by your friends? Have you ever just forgiven them? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Stephen manifests this kind of love. Whenever he was being stoned as the first martyr in the Christian faith in Acts chapter 7, he repeats what the Lord said. He said, Lord, do not hold their sin against them. As they're pelting him with stones. That's what called limitless extreme love looks like. There's like, there's no, there's, there's no limits to what I am not willing to love you through. That's the kind of love this is. It's selfless love. Jesus said it like this. He said, Greater love has no man than this, and a man laid down his life for his friends. No greater love than the person who's willing to lay down his life. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. That's selfless love. When you're talking about extreme love, this is not natural. This is supernatural. It is going to be limitless. I'll even forgive my enemies. I'll even forgive those who persecute me. I'm going to show that level of love. I'm also going to be selfless. It's not about me. It's about you. How can I love you better? 
How can I love you better? It's also timeless. Timeless. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. How do I get to this kind of love? Romans chapter 5, verse 5. I want you to read it out loud with me. God's love has been. God's love. We're talking about the origin of love, the extreme love, the supernatural. God's love has been what? Poured into our hearts. Poured out into us. Like, like it's a liquid, like it's, like it's pulsing through our veins, like it's going throughout our, every part of our life. That's the extreme love. It's God's love poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You want a memory verse this week? That's your memory verse for the week. His love, God's love, has been poured into us through his Holy Spirit. That's why you need to sense, seize, and release the Spirit of God inside of you. There's a place in South Arkansas in the Washita Mountains that they extract water from deep behind the granite in the aqueducts of the, of the, of the mountains. They extract water out. They put it into bottles and they sell it in convenience stores for three bottles, three dollars a bottle. I don't know for, of, of this spring water from Arkansas. And I'm not talking bad about it, but that's exactly what they do. They have to pump it out. They have to drill down. They have to extract it out. But if you go to Athens, Texas, you're driving down the highway, and you go to Athens, Texas, you're going to find an artesian well there that literally the water is flowing from the from the earth's aqueducts, flowing up. They literally have to cap it to keep it from spilling out so much. The two difference in the two wells is this, is one it just bubbles up on its own. It just comes to the surface on its own. The other one is drawn out, drilled out, pumped out, expensive resources to get it out of the ground. Listen, the extreme kind of love that I speak of is not something that you're going to be able to foster it up on your own. Pull it out of your soul. I'm going to love you. No. It's one of the Spirit of God's poured into you and you let it flow out of you. Only way you're going to have this extreme love is not mind over matter. It's the Spirit of God in your soul bubbling up, flowing out. Do you have it? Ask God for the fruit of the Spirit to manifest itself in your life. Number two, joy. And I want to talk about any kind of joy. We're talking about a sustained joy. Sustained joy. Um, this is not, again, just your any old happiness kind of talking about. Happiness is situational. Joy is sustainable. Happiness happens to you. Circumstances happen to you. Favorable, you get happy. Joy emerges from within you. Happiness happens to you, happens to you. Then you feel happy. Joy comes from within you. Happiness starts fast and stops faster. Joy grows and multiplies. When I'm talking about love, I'm not talking about natural love. I'm talking about extreme supernatural love. When I'm talking about joy, I'm not talking about happiness. I'm talking about joy, sustainable, multiplying, growing joy. When Jesus went to the cross, it was not his happy moment. He's looking behind and seeing his disciples just betrayed him. He's looking over here. And he's seeing uh, people walking away and denying him. He's looking here, people stripping him down, beating him down. It was not a happy moment for Jesus. But Jesus never lost his joy. 
in the scriptures, it says, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Joy and the cross ought not go together, but it does. Because it's something that is inside of you, the Spirit of God gives it to you. So no matter what cross you're bearing right now, no matter what circumstances you're under right now, what I want to say is when you sense, seize, and release the Spirit of God inside of you, there is something that happens inside of you that no matter what hell you may be experiencing, the joy sustains you. Habakkuk is a great prophet. I mean, you don't know much about Habakkuk. He's a little three-chapter book way back there. I did a three-part sermon message back in, uh, I think it was October 2019. You can look it up online. And I called it Misunderstanding God because Habakkuk, for, from the very beginning of the book, he's just like, I don't understand you, God. Why, why, why? He's asking why and what questions constantly. In fact, this is the, literally the first words out of Habakkuk. He says, why do you make me see iniquity? Why do... You idly look at wrong. Now, he's literally just bearing his soul. When you read Habakkuk, you're reading the prayer journal of a prophet. He's not prophesying out to people. He's literally writing it out to God. God, why do you put me through this? Why do you let bad things happen in this world? Why, why do you do this? These are legitimate questions I have for God at times in my life. Why, 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 what are you doing, God? Some of you are right now in those moments. You're not happy with them, but do you have joy in them? Because the beautiful thing about Habakkuk, when he ends, the very last words of Habakkuk, despite all the questions, all the unanswered questions that he had for God, this is how he ends his writings. Yet I rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The Lord is my strength. God, you're going to get me through this. You're going to get me through this broken relationship, these broken promises, these betrayals, this cross that I'm bearing, this. You're going to get me through this, God. That's joy. It's not happiness. I'm not happy it's going on. But there's a joy that sustains you, gets you through it, gets you a little bit deeper. See, the fruit of the Spirit is extreme love, not natural love, supernatural love. It is also this incredible sustainable joy that gets you through the hardest and most difficult seasons of your life. How do I get that joy? Because I'm not, I'm not talking to you today as if I really believe everyone's listening to this message is, has, has all the answers because I don't have all the answers. But I do know this. I know the God who does. And despite him not giving me all the answers, I'm going to trust him. And that's what, when Hebrews said a few moments ago, Hebrews 12, 2, he said, look to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of the faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Look to Jesus. I want to I I give a crisp, clear call to anybody watching online or in the room If you don't have a real personal relationship with Jesus, the Spirit of God does not live inside of you. If you right now where you're at will say to Jesus, Jesus, I want you in me. I want your Spirit in me. 
I want you, Jesus, to forgive me of my brokenness, forgive me of my sin. I want you to come into my life. I want you to save me. And trust Jesus right where you're at. Would you do that right now? Don't keep that to yourself. Would you fill out a card in the seat pocket in front of you, drop in the offering boxes on the way out today? Would you text in GPC Connect to 97000 and just indicate, I'm beginning a relationship with Jesus today. I want to begin a relationship with Jesus today. And let one of our pastors reach out to you. Listen, there's nothing more fulfilling than having extreme love and sustainable joy. I can't tell you how to get it any other way than a relationship with Jesus where he pours his spirit into us and his fruit begins to manifest himself in us. Would you pray with me? Father God, right now, would you set everyone in a position to where they know where they are in relationship to you, Jesus? And if anybody is without you, Jesus, before they can have the Spirit, they must look to Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Lord, would you help them to see you, Jesus, give themselves to you, Jesus. And Lord, for anybody in this room who's struggling right now, there may be followers of you who, Lord, they're just struggling in this season of their life. I pray that they may not be happy but I pray that you fill their whole soul with joy. I pray for the people in our lives, in our circles, in our families, on our jobs, that, Lord, we just, we just can't stand to be around. Would you, Lord, I pray, would you touch them and help us to love them with an extreme kind of love. Lord, thank you for giving us your spirit. And thank you that your spirit produces your fruit in us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the Grace Point Church Podcast. To stay up to date on all things GPC, follow us at Grace Point NWA on Facebook or Instagram. As you go, be people who show and share Jesus in everyday conversations with everyday people. Live Scent.